So we're reading from the Shemad Bhavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 3, Verse 24. I was um, told I could choose my verse, so I did. Sadashma Saram Ridayam Bhatedam Dad Ashma Saram Ridayam Batedam Yad Kriyaman Er Harinama Dey Yad Kriyaman Er Harinama Dey Navi Creator Navi creator tayada vikaro Nete jalam gatvaru heishu harsha Nete jalam gatvaru heishu harsha Dad Ashma Saram Ridayam Batedam Yad Griyaman Er Harinama Deyai Navi Kriyeta Tayada Vikaro 
नेचे जलम गु है सुहर्षा जलम गचरु है सुहर्षा सराश्म सराम हृदयम बचे राम विकारो जलम गचरु है सुहाषाशमसारिकारो विच Krihamane, in spite of chanting, Hari Nama, the holy name of the Lord, Deye, by concentration of the mind, Na, does not, Vikriyeta, change, Ata, thus, 
Yada. When. Vikara. Reaction. Netwe. In the eyes. Jalam. Tears. Gacha Roheshu. At the pause. Harsha. Eruptions of ecstasy. Translation by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Prabhupada Ijaya. Certainly, that heart is steel-framed, which, in spite of once chanting the holy name of the Lord with concentration, does not change when ecstasy takes place. Tears fill the eyes, and the hairs stand on end. So please repeat. Certainly, that heart is steel-framed, which in spite of one's chanting, the holy name of the Lord with concentration, does not change when ecstasy takes place. Tears fill the eyes, and the hairs stand on end. It is a long purport. I'll following Maharaj's footsteps from yesterday. He read part of the purport and then he shared. So I'll do the same because there are many points in the purport. Already this um, verse is quite a paradox, isn't it? It says, um, one is chanting the holy name of the Lord with concentration. Even Ecstasy is taking place because tears fill the eyes, the hairs stand on end, but the heart doesn't change. That's very mystifying. So we'll read what Prabhupada says in the, in the purport. So, for some of the obeisances to my, the Lord is to my Gurudev, His Holiness Tama Krishna Maharaj, Namaste Sarvati Devi Koravani Pacharine Nivishesha Sunyavadi Pashkacha Jishatraine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhuni Tananda Shri Advaita Kadadara Shiva Sadi Kora Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So with the blessings of the assembled Vaishnavas, I pray for something meaningful to be manifested today. So I repeat the translation one more, one more time before going to the purport. Certainly that heart is steel framed, which in spite of one's chanting the holy name of the Lord with concentration, does not change when ecstasy takes place. Tears fill the eyes and the hairs stand on end. So, the first paragraph. We should note with profit that in the first three chapters of the second canto, a gradual process of development of devotional service is being presented. In the first chapter, the first step in devotional service for God consciousness by the process of hearing and chanting, has been stressed. And a gross conception of the personality of Godhead in his universal form for the beginners is recommended. 
By such a gross conception of God, through the material manifestations of his energy, one is enabled to spiritualize the mind and the senses and gradually concentrate the mind upon Lord Vishnu, the Supreme, who is present at the Supersoul in every heart and everywhere, in every atom of the material universe. The system of Pancha Upasana recommending five mental attitudes for the common man is also enacted for this purpose, namely, gradual development, worship of the superior that may be in the form of fire, electricity, the sun, the mass of living entities, Lord Shiva, and, at last, the impersonal supersoul, the partial representation of Lord Vishnu. They are all nicely described in the second chapter, but in the third chapter, further development is prescribed after one has actually reached the stage of Vishnu worship or pure devotional service. And the mature stage of Vishnu worship is suggested here, herein, in relation to the change of heart. So Prabhupada gave a summary of the first and second chapter, very briefly. And um, one interesting thing he mentions is, um, for the beginners, it is recommended to worship the universal form, a, a form which only actually exists in the material creation. It's a temporary form. And um, by such gross, gross conception of God, the beginner is able to see the super soul, Vishnu. So we see God everywhere, at every step, in every atom, in every action. So how many of us here can say we see God everywhere, in every atom, in every action, at every step? Anybody wants to raise their hand? So are we even beginners? Where are we? It's mystifying, isn't it? Yesterday's verse states that one who is chanting the holy name has already traveled to all the holy places, has done all the fires, the fire yagyas, has done all the austerities, read all the Vedas. Thus we are able to chant the holy name. But at the same time, think of it, what the translation says. We may be chanting the holy name with concentration and feeling ecstasy. But if a change of heart is not happening, then something is wrong. So, Bhagavatam is living. These are not just ink on paper. When Krishna departed from this world, Bhagavatam, brilliant other sun, rose. This Bhagavad Puran is Krishna himself. So depending on our own desire, he speaks to us. He's alive. So whatever we read is not linear. It's not just black and white. It's always three-dimensional. And for us to understand that, it comes to a very basic practice, the chanting of the holy name. Now we'll read in the purport about the chanting. I mean, 
why I chose this particular verse because it is a paradox. In the very translation, it's like contradictory. And it also reveals our progress, but also what holds us back. It also says a certain result is expected by devotional practices. And what are those results? Quite often, we imagine results based on our senses, what will make us feel good. Because we've been in this world for countless of lifetimes trying to take Krishna's place. So naturally, it's a very natural instinct to be to want to be the hero. We all want to be the hero in our mind. Whatever we, we concoct, we are there in the center. To remove that is like almost amputating limbs, very important limbs from us. Very, very hard. So I'll continue with the second and third chapter. Uh, sorry, not chapter, paragraph. I'm still a bit nervous. <laughs> The whole process of spiritual culture is aimed at changing the heart of the living being in the matter of his eternal relation with the Supreme Lord as subordinate servant, which is his eternal constitutional position. So, with the progress of devotional service, the reaction of change in the heart is exhibited by gradual detachment from the sense of material enjoyment by a false sense of lording it over the world and an increase in the attitude of rendering loving service to the Lord. Meaning we have to give up. It's natural that we are giving up material desires and we want to serve Krishna. So vidya bhakti or regulated devotional service by the limbs of the body, namely the eyes, the ears, the nose, the hands, and the legs, as already explained herein before, is now stressed herein in relation to the mind, which is the impetus for all activities of the limbs of the body. It is expected by all means that by discharging regulated devotional service, one must manifest the change of heart. If there is no such change, the heart must be considered steel-framed for it is not melted even when there is chanting of the holy name of the Lord. We must always remember that hearing and chanting are the basic principles of discharging devotional duties. And if they are properly performed, there will follow the reactional ecstasy with signs of tears in the eyes and standing of the hairs on the body. <clears throat> These are natural consequences and are the preliminary symptoms of the bhava stage, which occurs before one reaches the perfectional stage of prema, love of Godhead. It's a lot of information in this one paragraph. From the process to the, almost, uh, you know, uh, the result, bhava, which is um, the stage of prema, love of Godhead. <clears throat> so one very important thing that Prabhupada mentions here is realizing our constitutional position. 
as servant. If we read Prabhupada's books carefully, even if we do not realize it, we start to understand our, our identity in theory. First thing we start to, to understand, who are we? We're a spirit soul, right? It's kind of vague. But then there's more information. My size. What is my size? One ten thousand part the tip of the hair. What am I? Invisible. So how important is my, is my service from that invisible platform? How great is it? Almost nothing. So what I have, what do I have to be proud of? Nothing. So if I can actually understand me, who am I? It's a huge step on this road back to Godhead. Because then automatically I'm not a hero. I'm not the doer. I am nothing. And this is what the Acharyas, again and again, Prabhupada mentions in two um, purports of Acharya that stage of self-abnegation. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sartatitakur also speaks about that. It's a very interesting word. Ab is actually a German pre uh, preposition, meaning to take away from. And negate means, again, to, to take away from. So it's like almost two negatives. Self-abnegate. Actually, ab actually means deflate. Abgehen, abnehmen. We live in Switzerland, so we speak some German. So it means to deflate, to, to, um, to reduce in size. Ab, when you add ab, the preposition ab to any verb. It means it reduces in size. And negate. So s slowly we reduce in size and then we negate ourselves. So what does that mean? It's not about being impersonal here. It means I die that social death. I do not have any identity that has to do with this body. Because what do we try to do? Almost always. It's called self-establishing. I am so-and-so. I was born somewhere. This is my job. This is my husband. This is my wife. These are my kids. I live somewhere. I am self-establishing myself. But spiritual life is about not doing that. How easy is that? Or is it? It's a process. It's not going to happen in one day. It's something that one feels. Like Prabhupada says, when Rupa and Sanatan, when they say, we are more fallen than Jaga and Madai, it is not just they're trying to be humble here. You know, that's a, that's a thing that we should say so that we play the humility card. No. 
is based on a reality. And what is that reality? They were in the employ of the Nawab. One of them was the treasurer of the Nawab. What was he doing? He was paying the salary of those who were going to destroy the very basis of Vedic culture. Temples, convert brahmanas, or maybe kill them. You know, just raise down whatever is Vedic culture. And their association with the Nawab, with that very, with that work that they were doing, with that understanding, they say, when they say we are more fallen than Jaga and Madai, it's something that they feel, they know. And they say it with a feeling, and that feeling is humility. And from that platform, we can cry out. So, what is required here? Self-inventory. What is my weakness? What are the promises that I make that I cannot keep? I can run away from somebody I don't like. But can I run away from myself? Things that I have that I don't like. We cannot. So what do, I do? What do we normally do? We sweep it under the carpet. We do not even put it in front of our, of our face. Because we do not want to deal with it. But unless we do that, we accept who we are. Gopinath, I'm a wicked materialist. But do not reject me because I am your servant. We can still be that and surrender. It will be incomplete, full of faults. But the desire is there. The determination to want to surrender, to want to be Krishna's own, is there. So that we can do. But what we should not do is create an image of ourselves. Because from that, we cannot go anywhere. We will never go anywhere. Okay, so I'll continue reading. Okay, so another very important um, point that um, Prabhupada mentions that I wanted to talk about also is Vedi Sadhana Bhakti. Regulated devotional service. Very, 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 very important. It's a structure that allows us to purify ourselves. We chant Hare Krishna, but we, this is not enough in the sense that we have to physically engage in devotional service. Um, in Bhaktisiddhanta Vebhava, there's one incident where one of the devotees would only chant. And Sarasatitaku said, what is he doing? Only counting beads. He should do some practical service. Because practical service means I have to make an effort. I have to deal with others. I have to deal with my ego. I have to deal with the ego of others. And sometimes... I understand that is my service. I am doing that. But that if I'm doing it correctly, I also start to understand I can do something else, something more, which is not part 
of my duty so that it doesn't become a job. There was one time we were in some part of the world and I was talking to one very, um, a very kind of sincere devotee that I knew from many, many, many years. And she told me she got to know one very wonderful devotee who that particular devotee would go out. She had her duty, you know, Pujari, Sankitan would come back. We'd be quite tired at the end of the day. And she would always go out and do something more. So my friend once asked her, why do you do that? You're already tired. You're doing so much. And that wonderful devotee replied, you know, that what, am I, that what I am doing, Krishna knows. But that extra, that Krishna doesn't know. Let me do that. It what is coming from the heart. It starts to become a personal relationship. But that Vedi Sanana Bhakti purifies us enough to make us understand we are dealing with a person here. And what is Vedi what is the work on the platform of Vedi Sadhana Bhakti? The work on that platform is Anartha Nivriti. That's what we do on that platform of Vedi Sadhana Bhakti. That's why we cannot give that up. We need the rules and regulations of devotional practices. And we have to follow them if we are serious. Otherwise, we will become like what is mentioned in the translation. Externally, it seems that we are chanting, you know, the right things are happening, but that there's no change in the heart. That change happens from the beginning by following, by following very steadily with determination the rules and, and regulations. But Sarasatitaku says, first is anatta nivriti, then is rati, attachment. So when once when the heart is cleaned, it makes sense. Cleaned of material desires, it's being filled with spiritual spiritual topics because it will not stay empty. So it's cleaned of material desires, it's being filled with spiritual practices, then naturally an attachment starts to form. And from that attachment, rati, rasa comes. He says, we cannot do it the other way around. Because sometimes devotees think, let me go to the rasa because that will make me become attached. And then automatically, somehow or the other, I will get purified. So Sarasati Thakur says, with this philosophy, it's like taking dry grass, rubbing it against the udder of a cow, and going to the mouth and ex- expecting milk. It is simply impossible. It's never going to happen. So the work we have to put on. And that work is based on three things that Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita. Austerity, charity, and sacrifice. All three are about denying oneself. 
Where is my enjoyment? Do I have any enjoyment? What does Krishna say? From the topmost down to the lowest, what is it? It's a place of misery. Where is my enjoyment? Not really. It's a cessation of misery. You know, with time, if you keep, we keep practicing, we start to understand now what Prabhupada meant by that. A cessation of misery means enjoyment for us. That's what it is. So, to be able to accept all that is actually hard. Because we are used in the material world to get a result with every action that we do, isn't it? Even if it's a bad reaction, at least I had a reaction. I know that doesn't work. But in spiritual practices, quite often, we might be practicing for years, 20, 30, 40, 50. But I'm still there at square one. Where are my thrills? When is it going to come? Or will it? It's a little bit like a bird in a cage, covered, and the cage is in a box. And there are many boxes covering each box, successive boxes, right? So that's our material desires covering our heart. Chetur Dharpana Marjanam is chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, is removing layers of dust accumulated from birth of the birth. And those layers are like that. So if the little bird is crying and somehow someone hears that little bird, please free me, I'm in the dark here. And the person starts to work on the first box. There's like a thousand boxes. Second box, a third box. Little bird goes, come on, nothing's happening. I'm still in the dark. You're not helping me. You know, it's useless. Let it be. But the perspective is different. So we are a bit the same. All these layers of dust covering us from countless of lifetimes is starting to lift. We should just trust that process. We trust that process, but also we do the process in the right way. We should not forget that chanting Hare Krishna also waters, weeds, very, very dangerous. Weeds that might make us stay in this world for countless of lifetimes just to satisfy desires. So I will keep on reading. If the reaction does not take place, even after continuous hearing and chanting of the holy name of the Lord, it may be considered to be due to offenses only. That is the opinion of the Sandarbha. In the beginning, the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. In the beginning of the chanting of the holy name of the Lord, if the devotee has not been very careful about evading the ten kinds of offenses at the feet of the holy name, certainly the reaction of feelings of separation will not be visible by tears in the eyes and standing of the hair on end. So we recite that in the morning every day, don't we? 
when we start to become purified, every word that we read, that we hear, that has any connection with Krishna, with his devotees, will make our hair stand on end. But right now, I'm speaking for myself, I'm dull. I read and sometimes I have to reread three, four times just to kind of digest it, just to get a feeling out of it. What is meant by that? Because Prabhupada also says, I, we, the spirit souls, we are very, very powerful, but we are being suppressed by this dull matter. Think about it. My size is one ten thousand part the tip of a hair. It can't even be seen. How big is the body? This everybody can see. So how many more times bigger is this body compared to the soul? And because we are marginal, that's why it's so easy for us to be suppressed and to become dull. In the first paragraph, he mentioned hearing and chanting, how it's very important. And a lot of times, we're in Kirtan. And I've heard that many times, you know, Sometimes the lead singer starts to sing a melody that is very common, but sings it a little bit differently in his own way. But everybody else is chanting what they know. No one's following the lead singer. So there, neither hearing, no chanting is proper. Oh, worse than that, I've been in Kirtan where, um, for instance, Madhava Prabhu sings a particular melody that goes... Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Everyone singing, Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare, Hare. And they dance in ecstasy. For two hours, everyone's dancing in ecstasy by not really chanting Hare Krishna. So neither hearing nor chanting is proper. Why is that? Again, what Prabhupada says, we, the spirit soul, are being suppressed by this dull matter. It makes us dull. We're not alert. He says we should be vigilant. We need a certain alertness. And it requires efforts. And we are lazy. That's one of the things that we are. We like, we like our little comfort zone. We want to create situations where we do not have to change too much. But, it's a world that is temporary. And from the highest down to the lowest, it's a place of misery. There will be no comfort zone. And if we are lucky, if Krishna is actually favoring us, what does he do? Somebody should know. I give him problems, he says. What kind of God is that? He loves us and he gives us problems so that we we can come to him. We we hang on to his feet, to his you know lotus feet. One time, many 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 years ago, someone was giving class and said, "If during the course of our devotional practices, we are not having any problems, no obstacles, no one's making any difficulty for us." then we have to understand we are such a big rascal that not even Maya cares. 
because that problems make us work. Okay, so I'll keep reading. The bhava stage is manifested by eight transcendental symptoms, namely inertness, perspiration, standing of hairs on end, failing in the voice, trembling, paleness of the body, tears in the eyes, and finally trance. The Nectar of Devotion, a summary study of Srila Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu, explains those symptoms and vividly describes other transcendental developments, both in steady and accelerating manifestations. I don't know. For me, inertness is when I'm just covered. We pray for these to happen. Stage of bhava. It's a bit far away right now. You know, um, the shikshashtakam, they, um, those eight verses, they tell us very clearly the progress of things. Like the first verse is talking about um, what the holy name does, right? The benediction moon, the life of all transcendental knowledge, it's the notion of nectar, and the second verse is saying how, what is my situation? I have no attraction for any one of their names. Even though, Krishna, you have hundreds and thousands of names. And in each and every name, you have invested your whole spiritual potency. But I have no attraction for any one of them. So what is my situation? What is my, what is my, 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 uh, position? Jinala Pisuni Chena. And in this humble state of mind, because I realize I do not have any attraction for you. In that humble state of mind, I can cry out to you helplessly. If I think I have it, how can I be helpless? It's not going to happen. When I know myself in reality, how every time I pick up my beads, my mind, it's like that's the time my mind was waiting for, to run different places. I bring it back. Anyone who has done a Japa retreat knows. Even to chant one good round. After the one good round, it's like you have run a hundred kilometers. It's exhausting. Because constantly bring it back. It's just killing, exhausting. Now, that is not only for Japa. It's only, it's also when we sit in Kirtan. That's the difference between entertainment and the name in Prima Vivarta, um, Jagadananda Pandit is mentioning that in Kirtan, sometimes in Kirtan, the name may not be present, even though the words are present. And they're just words. Together with the music, it's entertaining. You now, when we would walk down the road, especially in the summertime. You have buskers everywhere, right? They're playing, they're playing music. Even by hearing it from far away, when we walk, even our step changes. Because we try, we're accommodating our step to the rhythm of the music. Prabhupada says, what is a universal language? No, rhythm. Rhythm, rhythm. The first rhythm is the heartbeat. You know, that's the original rhythm. 
the rhythm is a universal language. So we have to really be introspective here. What is it that is may giving me ecstasy in this kirtan? Is it the rhythm, the music, the talent, the melody? What is it? How many melodies did Prabhupada chant? One. How fast did it go? Three, four hours. Prabhananda Prabhu one time talked to, Ma, to Madhava Prabhu. And he said in the beginning, especially in the very beginning, when Prabhupada would, would chant in the park, there were very few devotees with him. He would chant this one melody for like three, four hours nonstop. And the rhythm was steady. And he changed the world. <laughs> we can hardly change ourselves. <laughs> Even though we're chanting, trying so hard. The name is present. But it's according to our qualification. This is when he appears. And also, the name Krishna, he is a transcendental autocrat. He will come when he wants to come. We may try everything and still he doesn't come. And we should accept that. Because this is also his mercy. We do not give up. Okay, I'll keep on reading. Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur has very critically discussed all these bhava displays in connection with some unscrupulous neophytes imitating the above symptoms for cheap appreciation. Not only Vishwanath Chakravati, but also Shri Goswami treated them very critically. Sometimes all the above eight symptoms of ecstasy are imitated by the mundane devotees, Prakita Sahajas. But the pseudo-symptoms are at once detected when one sees the pseudo-devotees the pseudo addicted to so many forbidden things. Even though decorated with the signs of a devotee, a person addicted to smoking, drinking, or illegitimate sex with women, or men, cannot have all the above-mentioned ecstatic symptoms. But it is seen that sometimes these symptoms are willfully imitated. And for this reason, Shri Vishwanath Chakravati accuses the imitators of being stone-hearted men. They are sometimes even affected by the reflection of such transcendental symptoms. Yet, if they still do not give up the forbidden habits, then they are hopeless cases for transcendental realization. It's very interesting. They may even be affected by reflection, reflection of such transcendental symptoms. So what I understand from that is what Prabhupada says, graveyard realization. Sometimes, you know, mundane people, when somebody near to them is dead, they go to the graveyard, the coffin is put into the soil, and almost everyone has this realization, what am I doing with my life? Why am I working so hard? Where does it end? This is where it ends. So why should I keep doing that? But as soon as they go away, nothing has changed. They are the same person again. So that's what I understand when Prabhupada says, sometimes, you know, pseudo-devotees, they exhibit uh, all those ecstatic symptoms. Madhava Prabhu was telling me that... Um, Yeah, I didn't know. Was telling me that um, 
in uh, Vrindavan sometimes when he was living and Ayanda Prabhu was there, they would go to um, gatherings in the month of December. This is when um, people come from all over India to sing and a lot of sahajas would come and Ayanda would go to get melodies. So he would only, he would go with Madhava and, and him alone. And Madhava told me that the Prakita Sahajas would be there. They chant these long, drawn-out syllables. They come, they touch your feet. They cry, and you can even cry with them because they make it such a show, it's such a drama. It actually moves your heart. It's, um, it can happen. It does happen, actually. Um, I did not know how many, five minutes. I want to finish Prabhupada's purport. And then if there's time, somebody can share something. When Lord Chaitanya met Sri Ramananda Rai of Kavor on the bank of the Godavari, the Lord developed all these symptoms because of the presence of some non-devotee brahmanas who were attendants of the Rai. The Lord suppressed these symptoms. So sometimes they're not visible even in the body of the first-class devotee for certain circumstantial reasons. Therefore, real steady bhava is definitely displayed in the matter of cessation of material desires, that we can understand, utilization of every moment in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, eagerness for glorifying the Lord constantly, attraction for living in the land of the Lord, complete detachment from material happiness, and pridelessness. One who has developed all these transcendental qualities is really possessed of the bhava stage, as distinguished from the stone-hearted imitator of mundane or mundane devotee. The last paragraph. The whole process can be summarized as follows. The advanced devotee who chants the holy name of the Lord in a perfectly offenseless manner and is friendly to everyone can actually relish the transcendental taste of glorifying the Lord. And the result of such realization is reflected and the cessation of all material desires, as mentioned above. The neophytes, due to their being in the lower stage of devotional service, are invariably envious, so much so that they invent their own ways and means of devotional regulations without following the acharyas. As such, even if they make a show of constantly chanting the holy name of the Lord, they cannot relish the transcendental taste of the holy name. Therefore, the show of tears in the eyes, trembling, perspiration, or unconsciousness, etc., is condemned. They can, however, get in touch with the pure devotee of the Lord and rectify their bad habits. Otherwise, they shall continue to be stone-hearted and unfit for any treatment. A complete progressive march on the return path home back to Godhead will depend on the instructions of the revealed scriptures directed by a realized devotee. I think it's very clear. Time's up. And um, if anybody wants to share something. Very good, sir. Back to the mic. <laughs> anybody wants to share something? Yes, Prabhu. Yeah. Hare Krishna. 
Thank you for the class. Uh, I, the question was that in the verse, in the translation, it states that the person who has a still framed heart, even after they have tears in the, in the eyes and hairs to stand on end. And Srila Prabhupada um, clarifies that a person who has reached this stage is actually past Martina Vritti. So, but um, according to your explanation, you were saying that like before in our therapy, this is when if a person just chants the holy name uh, and they don't experience these things, they have the still frame heart. But I'm trying to clarify whether the verse is talking about somebody who's already passed Anartana Vritti and is involved. The verse is basically talking about Sahajas. And um, because, you know, he's talking about the symptoms of one who is actually on the platform of Rasa. But the, if the heart is still framed, no change has happened. This chapter is entitled Change of the Heart. So he's talking about if no change of the heart is happening, there's something wrong in the practice. And so we have to see where it is wrong. And he details a process. The process starts with anatta, liberty, which means following the rules and regulations of devotional practices. This is where it starts. And then as it progresses, this anatta nuviti, then after that comes rati, attachment. And after that comes rasa, the mellows of devotional service. So um, I did not get your question very, very you much. It. Sorry? Yeah, you answered it. Oh, I answered You're just it. saying that the verse is talking about sadhyas. Basically, Prabhupada at the same time, he clarifies by saying these are actually real symptoms that do exist. Like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they were manifesting, was almost going to manifest the symptoms, but because there were some non-devotees around with Ramananda Roy, he suppressed them. So they may not even be visible in one who is qualified. But they are real. It, it is real. It's not that Sahajas do it, it means, okay, it doesn't exist. It's not real. No, it is real. On someone who is qualified. Yes. Can I share one thing? Yes, of course. It reminds me of my, my friend over here, Anantavalaba. We were talking in the van coming here. And who was the person that you mentioned? Ram Chan Viswas? So, Ram Das Viswas. And the pastime was that Lord Chaitanya um, met him briefly one time. And he's a famous singer of Lord Ram's pastimes. And everybody knew him around the world. He was very famous to sing Lord Ram's pastimes. And fame was like one of his major decorations. And then when he came into the presence of Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya just like didn't show him any mind, didn't, didn't pay him any mind. Yeah, didn't know him because Ram Das Vishwas really didn't know Lord Krishna or Ram. He was just singing because he wanted to, as he was using bhakti as a means to attain in, in personal liberation. So it was just kind of pseudo. Like yeah. that. that's that's kind of what this verse is talking about a yes. person like this yeah. okay. so there is this process of, of Vedi Sadhana Bhakti very important but we also have to understand the practice the, the practical application of service we have to serve to be able to develop an attachment we need to serve I need to pick up a broom and, and, and sweep the temple because Krishna is here he is a person I need to do this practical service. In one lecture, Prabhupada 
His voice chokes out. He says, what can we do for Krishna? What can we offer? Everything is his. What is the value of what we have to offer to him? And he says, the real thing is your feelings. And he, his voice chokes up and he, and he breaks up. And he says, we have to be careful. We're dealing with Krishna. You know, it seems very easy, you know, Krishna, very approachable, very attainable. Most of the time it's like, you know, how will you fulfill my desire? It seems so very easy, but at the same time, yes and no. We have to understand that three-dimensional um, subject matter of Krishna. Okay, we're going to end here because uh, it's time's up. Hare Krishna, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much. Thank you, Radhika Mataji, for the wonderful class. Uh, just a f- few quick announcements. For those who have not gotten their registration or their wristbands for Prashadam, uh, the office is open. Prashadam will be served until approximately 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Um, hold on, let me check. Prashadam will be served until 10 o'clock. Um, and then we will gather here for Kirtan again at 10 o'clock. Hari Yul.